0: Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gorton Show. Guys, you asked for it. And so here it is, the real behind the scenes of the Steph Gorton brand and the man that's actually behind it. So today I'm welcoming to the mic with me, sitting right next to me, Tim Frey, my lovely fiance, a business powerhouse, the CEO of Helix Gym, a hustler, straight talker, shit talker, and always my inspo. Welcome, babe.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. On my own fiancé's podcast. What an honor.
0: (laughs) Guys, he always teases me uh, for for when I come out of my podcast interviews. He's always like, welcome to this Afghan show podcast. (laughs) So um, tell us, who is Tim Frey and what does a day in your life look like?
1: Well, I guess I'm a gym rat, uh, gym owner, all around strength guy. Love training, love doing that. I've been training since I was 16, Started a gym, uh, well, actually moved to America, became a a strength coach at the University of Arizona, moved back to Perth, started a gym in my parents' garage, and then eventually just have grown it over the last, I think, eight years now, um, actually having a gym. And uh, just been an entrepreneur, launched many businesses, had many fail, had many succeed, and just learned a whole bunch of lessons over the last, yeah, 12 years, I guess, as an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, What does the day look like for me? currently a lot of putting out fires, but um, supporting Steph, (laughs) drinking heaps of coffee, loving on our dogs, lifting weights, taking selfies, making TikToks. Just, yeah, I'm kind of being sarcastic with a lot of this stuff, but yeah, you guys get
0: it. Eating breakfast bruschettas. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Eating a lot of food. Yeah. Putting away a lot of... Food.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim's, uh, Tim's business is in an expansion phase, which means that um, there's that we, we'll, you know, we actually have an episode coming up soon about hypergrowth. And when you go into hypergrowth, it means that you do inevitably put out a lot of fires. And so Tim is just in that phase right now. We call them periods of hustle, uh, and it just means that sometimes we're in it more than usual. And Tim is in it right now. So we are human, just like you. What did you sell? Actually, I don't even know the answer to this question. What did you sell to make your very first dollar as an entrepreneur?
1: I think like I was a personal trainer when I was like 18. I definitely sold personal training, but I actually started a business called. Helix Performance Sports Science. It's probably the worst name for it. Catchy name. Yeah, it's the worst name for a a business. And we did athlete testing. So we tested like speed, power, strength, like all these types of performance markers and created data and just gave everyone this really cool like sheet and was like, cool, that's where you're at, like baseline. And that was basically it. And I I remember selling someone like a $70 package, and I was fucking stoked. Like I
0: was
1: (laughs) as celebrating to the moon. I'm like, I'm gonna be rich. I'm selling $70 packages here. Shit was crazy and uh, I didn't sell another one for like three months after that. So, yeah, shit wasn't crazy and it didn't go well. <laughs> so That business
0: um, ended up getting sued and like, getting shut down at some point? Yeah,
1: maybe? I had some guy like <laughs> threatening to sue me and it got all real crazy and then, um, yeah, I owed my dad like five. He gave me like five grand seed money for it and I end up just having to pay back my dad <laughs> and shut down the business. So, yeah, it wasn't a huge success but, hey, I, I used the Helix name uh, going forward.
0: So power to you if you're currently in your first business and it's not going quite as planned you can still be successful and you can still have a huge business in the future it just doesn't necessarily always start out it's not always your first idea is your best idea and this is my second business yeah this is your probably third iteration of a similar sort of business it yeah. might be in the same field but slightly different better. business you do you get better you learn a lot over time Guys, we went to you because we wanted to know what you wanted to know about us. Tim and I were like, let's do a potty together. What do you reckon want people... Potty. Potty, that's what we're calling it. What do you reckon they want to hear? And so we went to you guys on Instagram and we asked you and we've come up today with some of the questions that we were asked. So we're just going to answer them on the mic for you today. So the first question that was asked was probably the most common question. We've had it about five times. How do you balance business and life while being in a relationship? Do you want to go first?
1: it's very intertwined. Um, they are very intertwined. We do find ourselves talking about business a lot and ideas and just kind of bouncing off each other, with, which is great. I feel like it's a, a state of consciousness that you need to achieve to understand that there is actually a relationship outside of business as well. And it is more than just like you know entrepreneurship, making sales, making money, growing, helping people, all these types of things. You need to understand that a relationship is something completely separate to business and it needs to be worked on as intensely or more intensely than a business because you're juggling these balls in your life and, you know, it's business, relationships, family, it's fitness, it's all these type of things and it's a constant juggling act and, you know, if you let one of the balls drop, usually your life goes to chaos. So, you know, long story short, before Steph gives her chime in on this, I feel like, you know, balancing it is just overall consciousness of what you're doing and what you're not doing and where you are putting your energy and where you're not putting energy. So, back that up, Steph.
0: So, I think um, it's perfect. I think Tim and I, like, when we're talking about that consciousness, I think Tim and I really have to consciously – make decisions about when we're spending relationship time together and when we're spending business time together and and a lot of our time because we both love what we do guys and you will know if you're the kind of person who's listening to this right now who just like is lit the heck up by their business you're going to know that like you want to talk about it all the time and you want to work on it all the time and so tim and i are no different we always want to work on our business we could work all day and all night all fucking week like we could do it all the time but we have to make a conscious decision super often to Actually, connect and to have phones down, close the laptops, stop talking about work, just have true connection time. And it has been honestly, it's been a juggle for us Mm. over the years. It's been something that we've thought about, oh, for sure. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) goes without saying.
0: It's it's something we've thought about. It's been a challenge. It's things that we've struggled with in the past. You know, like when you are obsessed with what you do and you're obsessed with your business, it's normal to, you know, for the other things in your life to not get as much attention as they deserve, and so. For me, for example, the last probably two years have been very hustle focused for me and and very fast growth. And so, you know, Tim and I have had to have lots of conversations about making sure that, you know, when I stop working, that I actually make time to be a fiance and a girlfriend and someone who, you know, is playful and fun and nurturing and the things that I am when I'm not working. Um, But sometimes if we're not really careful, we can accidentally go straight from coach mode into just effectively being a boss in your relationship as well. And and that's where we've kind of seen things come unhinged sometimes.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think for me, there's not really too much more to add to that. It was just like, I guess it's just balancing the masculine feminine energy that naturally occurs between a man and a woman. And if sometimes the woman is giving you a lot of masculine energy, it can be taken the wrong way, especially if you don't understand that and you don't have an understanding of... What I'm talking about.
0: We've actually had this conversation with a few friends because a lot of our obviously like entrepreneurs attract entrepreneurs. So we've actually had quite a few friends in our world who are currently coming into this phase of you know both sides of the relationship being in business and. What we've seen a lot of is like females, in order to really step into, like if you're like hustling in that first couple of years of business, you are stepping into an element of masculine energy to be able to make decisions, be strategic, use that logical side of the brain. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. The balance between masculine and feminine is so necessary in business and in life. But I think what we've seen a lot of, Tim and I, is that often if you don't make an effort, to leave that masculine energy at the door when you walk back into – and for me, it's literally leaving my office and walking back into my kitchen, which is literally one door away. I have to actively put measures in place. And for me, it's a shower. And that sounds really silly and obvious, but like Tim you will always shower. know. <laughs> <laughs> Tim always shower, I she's
1: I, lying. Do, I do, don't
0: be like that. <laughs> um, but I always shower. Shower
1: me with problems, problem, her business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think that, you know, coming into, like having a shower at the end of the day, just to kind of wash off the day and come back. And I usually put on like a silky pajamas or a silky robe or something like that. Just because it brings me back into my feminine energy, it means that when I go out to spend time with Tim, I've consciously stepped out of that masculine energy and into the feminine because there's nothing more, I guess, emasculating than a woman coming in, I guess, trying to boss you around and earning more money than you or, uh, you know, having a lot of success. Like you you definitely want to be able to balance that masculine and feminine energy in your relationship, just like you want for the ladies listening, you want your partners to balance that as well for you. And and Tim does an incredible job of just letting me cry (laughs) when I need to cry and being there to be nurturing and also being there to be... The kick up the ass that I need. Yeah. So how do you make time for each other when you're hustling?
1: I think it's just a conscious thing to set time. I think at the start of the week, especially when like we're planning or I'm planning my week, usually this happens on like a Sunday and I'll write out like what I want to accomplish for the week. What are the goals for the week? You know, what days I'm going to do stuff, what days I'm coaching, when I'm going to meet my staff, how I'm going to meet my staff, how I want to show up for my staff, all these types of things I'm thinking about. And also I'm thinking about, my other big responsibility which is to my family and and Steph and our dogs and and how I'm going to help them and how I can show up for them as you know a father and a fiance and these types of things so I think like we generally like we'll try to cap out our days at like 5 p.m. most days and then we'll hang out and talk and have dinner together and, you know, watch something on Netflix and, you know, maybe do some journaling or chat or something like that. So, usually like from five, if I'm not working at night, is mainly like our time together. We kind of have date night like once a week and then Usually, spend most of our nights together. It's kind of like a no-go zone to be working past like five or six. Otherwise, I'll be like Steph, get your together. Like, come on, mm.
0: let's uh, call, let's
1: shut it down. Yeah,
0: we call each other out pretty hard on this because we do really value that connection time. So we do hold each other very accountable on this. Like, I will have a go at Tim if he's sitting on his phone on the couch, and vice versa. If I work past six PM, Tim will have a go at me, like for working. And you know, it's it's as. Much as it's uncomfortable when it's happening, you do need to be prompted and reminded to be present. And I think all of us can attest to the fact that we spend way too much time on our phones, way too much time working, and we don't actually spend enough active time connecting. So Tim and I do pretty much have a rule that 5 p.m., that's our time to spend together. We also just have some other, like, you know, little things that probably are unspoken, but that we really make time for like we go to bed at the same time and yeah. and we do that because when we go to bed we have pillow talk and chats and it's nice to connect and you know one of us will plan date night and then you know someone else will organize something on a weekend and we typically always try and have Sunday together as well, if nothing else. Mm. And we have little activities that we like to do. And every single morning as a non-negotiable we will get coffee together and, you know, walk our dogs and spend time with our family, um, our family being myself, Tim, and our two doggies. And so we have these little ritual non-negotiables that we get up together, we train together, we get coffee together, we go for a walk together, and then we might spend the rest of the day hustling apart. Um, we always come back together at 5 p.m. We are nanas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are such go nannas. To, go
1: to bed usually to- Yeah. Get up. I usually get up at like 4.30, depending. Yeah. If I'm coaching or or like chatting to a business coach or something like that.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, but we usually have dinner like 5.30. Mm. We're kind of winding down for bed by 8, sometimes in bed by 8.30, you know. So, you have to consciously make that decision and that time together. So, we, we do really hold each other accountable for it. The next question we had was, how do you manage emotions when one of you is killing it in business and the other isn't?
1: Yeah, so I probably will go at this i probably haven't said this to Steph. But i could probably add like a you know more of like a gratitude thing like i'm really happy and grateful that steph is killing it and isn't like with us it always swings one of the other ways it's like either steph's killing it or i'm killing it. it's never at the same time and it's so weird there was it was a real like probably like a good 18 months where like our revenues were like matching all the time like month for month and then steph started pulling away and it was like a not like an ego jab to me, but at some point, I was thinking to myself, like, all these thoughts that I'm sure everyone would have if their partner was killing it and you weren't, was like, I'm not good enough. I can't support her. You know, I'm not bringing as much to the relationship. You know, I'm worthless. I can't do this, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, after I kind of got over that, and then I was you know, super happy with Steph. Oh, not like I wasn't happy for Steph when she was killing it, but, you know, as like the one, you know, I was bringing in a lot of income for a long time for our family and I kind of the tables turned um, and then Steph is now and, you know, like, like I'm still doing really well, but obviously not to the extent that Steph is. But I think it probably goes back to the first question is like with consciousness. It's mm-hmm. like being conscious of where I am, where she is, be happy for her, be grateful, support her as best as I can. And then just not to get my own emotions involved in her business because that's where it could go really nasty, I guess. Because we're both kind of working towards the one vision and working towards our one goal, and that's to have a a down south property and a, a retreat and Airbnb and all these types of things. And it's like if I'm not, you know, financially supporting the family as much as I could be or I I was, that's okay because I'm supporting it in other ways as well. Mm. So I think just reframing the whole killing it. You know, if it's like success in business, helping clients financially, whatever, it's just reframing it in another way. And like that's got to be reciprocated between both people in the relationship as well and understanding where it's at. Otherwise, it's just going to cause a bunch of animosity between a relationship, which we've seen hundreds of times with like people that we know. It's like people just aren't talking about this.
0: This is it. And I think, you know, everything Tim just said, like, it's nothing that I haven't heard before because we talk about it. And I think that's probably if anyone's listening that's in a relationship with somebody who's also in business, like communication really is the biggest and best thing you can do for your relationship. Because Tim and I have these conversations, like it's really uncomfortable, I'm sure, for Tim to have to come to me and say, I like, it kind of like, I'm happy for you, but it kind of, it's really hard for me to watch you win like this. And there have been other times, like even when I'm killing it financially, and it really depends on what you would determine winning as because, and killing it, because there have been times where I have been earning way more money than Tim, but Tim's been sitting on the couch like five days a week or like, you know, having time freedom to do whatever the heck he wants or like going out and, you know, spending time with his friends and his family and and having a lot of free time skating and surfing and just doing cool shit while I'm stuck, you know, behind my laptop plugging away for, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, not having that freedom and that time to relax and that time to connect and, and ultimately being so jealous that I couldn't spend the time with him. So it really depends on how you would define killing it because there have been times where all I've wanted is to earn less and to have the lifestyle that Tim has. And I'm sure there have been plenty of times that all Tim's wanted is just to have the financial gains that that we have had in our business and the growth that we've had. So I think that communication is everything. And I should preface here that Tim and I have spent a lot of money on self-work individually and together. From uh, Tim's a master NLP practitioner, um, which means he's dedicated probably two months of your life to intense study of understanding his own consciousness. We've also been to so many self-development seminars together I'm also an LP practitioner, you know, like we have invested, I, I don't know, how much do you reckon babe, like 30k, yeah, 40k into purely just understanding ourselves. So there's a huge commitment on both of us to make sure that we understand that sometimes the emotions that we're feeling are actually just projections of our own fears and our own egos and, and really being able to call ourselves on that as well as calling each other out on that. So that's something that we find really helps. Another question that uh, came through, (laughs) which I'm actually scared about, was what's Steph really like behind the scenes?
1: Yeah. So, obviously, I met Steph when she was working at Aldi as a buyer, uh, which was quite funny where she didn't have the life, lifestyle commitments and responsibility that she has now. So, like, Steph has grown and matured for sure over the years. And obviously, she's settling into the entrepreneurship Thing and I kind of we've spoken about this lots of times, and I feel like every entrepreneur goes through the phases of entrepreneurship and they become a different and better person at every stage. And like each stage is very uncomfortable, so you're learning a lot about yourself, you're learning a lot about people, you're learning a lot about clients, you're learning a lot about what the world is really like and what makes it tick. And each of those stages, regardless of what business you're in, regardless of what industry, you need to go through it at some point. You can't skip the stages. You can't skip the levels. If you skip the levels, you just get dragged back down through it. So I preface this question, what Steph is like behind the scenes with, you know, like she's been going through this journey over the last couple of years. So like I take it with a pinch of salt and say that it's been crazy for one, <laughs> just because there's been so many emotions. Like the entrepreneurial roller coaster is like high emotion. Everything's going sick and then fuck, everything is going shit. And then like everything's going great and then everything's going bad and it's just literally like from end to end it's up and down. And a lot of this stuff you can't help and a lot of this stuff you just haven't learned the lesson yet, so that's why you're feeling it. So, you know, Steph's you're behind the scenes when she's good, she's really good and when she's not good, it's it's stressful when you've got to put your – your coaching hat on, and, and your partner hat, and your support hat, and your gratitude hat, and you know, all these things you need to do to support an entrepreneur, especially like in the growth phase, which Steph is at the moment. It's a full time job
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: in its own, it's just helping Steph out with these things. But you know, what's Steph like behind the scenes? Like hustling, you know, like going hard, you know, making it rain, just trying to grow a business, doesn't want to let anyone down, wants to do the best for her staff you know, wants to do the best for our family, wants to try to get fit, wants to think about having kids, wants to look after our dogs. You know, like, that's what Steph's like behind the scenes. It's like thinking about everyone else and how she can help everyone else deep down.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I think like, Probably to my detriment. (laughs) Often, you know, everyone are trying to help everyone and trying to help the world. And you you guys will know just from listening to this podcast that one of my biggest drivers is impact. And I want to help people. I never want people to feel the way that I have felt throughout my entrepreneurial journey. If I can save you even some shortcuts on some of the pain. And Tim and I are both really passionate about business coaching. Tim business coach is kind of ad hoc. Mostly only people he loves and knows. So uh, if you want to reach out to him, hit him up. But uh, (laughs) he probably doesn't have good passion. Right. Different yeah, very different, yeah. yeah. If you want to get told off and really whipped, uh, Tim is your coach. But the reality is that, yeah, guys, it's it's hard work. And I've never been shy from saying that on this podcast. Like my journey to success has definitely been hard work and we are learning now how to put boundaries in place and balance that. But behind the scenes, I'm pretty really dorky. Mm pretty dorky. Yeah. Like I'm pretty uncoordinated. I'm pretty dorky. I'm pretty weird. Bit of a gimp. I'm definitely a bit of a gimp. I'm a bit eccentric, we might say. The next question was how do you help each other with business?
1: I think just back to that last question again, I think Steph's probably more introverted behind the scenes than people think People think, and like a lot less extroverted than you would think, like way more chill.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think people think that I have this energy that just never ends, but no. uh, it ends. <laughs> yeah, it definitely runs <laughs> it out. It definitely runs out. Yeah, and sometimes I'll just sit on the couch and not talk to anybody for an entire day. And that's just to, to regain the energy so I can give my all to my weeks and to my clients.
1: So yeah, do you help each other with business? For sure. There was like a, yeah, a big period when I was definitely helping Steph a lot. Especially, oh, my
0: whole startup phase. Yeah,
1: especially in the first couple of years was just like systems processes procedures how to do it how to make it how to build it you know how to hire staff like how to run an event like all that type of stuff was just like stuff that I was freeballing you know like just from the higher level that's my like greatest power I think it's just strategy and and looking into someone else's life or business and seeing what's going wrong Mm. um, and how to fix it and coming up with strategies processes and procedures on how to fix that stuff I'm terrible with my own business because you know, like, you, it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle. I'm so in my bottle. Like, I'm I'm in my bottle with my eyes closed. Um, <laughs>
0: but you know, everybody feels like that. Yeah. Like, anybody listening, like, you guys, and this always happens. Like, we coached 200 odd women in the last 12 months. And I'm telling you right now that every single one of those social media managers or SEO experts or graphic designers or it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you can be exceptional at doing other people's stuff. But when it comes to your own, you're like, I don't know what to do <laughs> every single time.
1: Yeah, so Steph definitely has more coaches now, but, you know, at the start it definitely was me, but still I'm like the daily support person.
0: Yeah.
1: Generally the ear, and I'm sure Steph could
0: answer about me. But, yeah, Tim was there. Like, Tim was, I mean, I've never been shy about showing this either. Tim was my first ever real business coach, and I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Tim because he encouraged me and believed in me before I believed in myself. And Tim suggested one day, just like flippantly, you should start a business, and I was like, no, I remember exactly saying these words. I can't start a business. And Tim said, why not? And I was like, oh, well, because that's what other people do. Like other people with more success, other people with more qualifications, other people who have connections and can leverage those with more skills. Like I just didn't think it was for me, but Tim kept reminding me that I could do that, something like that. And if I wanted to, I had to go find what it was that I was passionate about. And that was where I started. And when I first started House of Hobby, which was my first business. Like, oh, babe, like the first year was just he says his strategy, the first year was mindset coaching. (laughs) And anyone in the startup phase will know like the fear is so real. It's crippling. It's crippling fear. So the first year was just Tim forcing me to increase my prices, forcing me to get out of my own way, forcing me to advertise, forcing me to get my website live, which is now what I do for clients. The reason I chose that startup phase was because I was like, you guys need help with this because I would never have done it if I didn't have Tim breathing down my neck. So I want to be that person for other people. But probably... Probably less
1: um <laughs> aggressive.
0: Less aggressively. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Breathing down the neck sounds bad. It was not like that bad. It yeah. was so
0: supportive. It was like, oh, yeah, cool. every time, not, like, and we were dating. It was not so he was coming over with like a bottle of wine on a Saturday night, and he was like, How's your website going? And I was like, Oh, I haven't started yet. And it was like softish back then because we were still dating. But over the years, it's definitely become a lot more. And Tim's got to know me and he he's got to know how I respond to input. I, I definitely prefer to be coached by males. Um I definitely prefer being told straight and very firmly what I need to do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Tim's epic to have in the corner. And, and the last couple of months, really, it's only, like I helped him out with his business always whenever he asked for help, but it's really been in the last couple of months where I've really stepped in to offer advice and strategy and that actually truly came down to a worthiness thing, which is really interesting because I didn't think that, because Tim has always been the one that coached me and Tim has always been the one that's kind of been ahead When it came time to help him, I was like, he's always known better than me. He's always known more than me. Like, I can't now contribute to this conversation because, you know, he knows more. And I had this whole belief system that I couldn't contribute. And then one day, Tim was just really struggling and he was like, I need you to help me. Like, you help people all the time. You need to sit down and help me. And uh, two and a half hours later, we had an epic session, (laughs) a huge strategy that Tim is the fastest executor in the whole world and smashed it out really quickly and, you know, and pulled it through. And so that's been quite new is helping Tim in his business and and kind of coaching him through some stuff has been quite new to me. Uh, One question we get a lot, both of us get this all the time and we laugh about it so much. People always think that I'm Tim's business coach. So the question is, is Steph your business coach?
1: No. (laughs) No. Yeah, Steph's never been. Uh, It's quite funny that it's it's like one of those things as well. It's like if you're – If you're you're, just
0: watching on social media. Yeah,
1: if you're just watching on social media, you'd probably think that. But I have uh, a couple of mentors in – different areas of business that all kind of chip in and help me out as well steph's more like a support person so we chat about ideas and what we should implement and what she thinks and you know if she thinks it's going to work these types of things so like not that much business strategy per se it's more like around the implementation and what will people think and how we execute it and these types of things it's more just a general chat around that stuff but yeah steph's an epic business coach and i'm sure she could um but uh, yeah, we
0: also need to have lines. I think there needs yeah, to be yeah. boundaries and lines, and we don't want to. Tim's never been my PT. Yeah. Tim's never been my fitness coach. We tried that one time in our garage, and I uh, cracked, cracked it. it. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to do it. You're making it hard because it's me, and <laughs> cracked it. And we decided that that was not good for our relationship. Yeah. So being each other's coaches is definitely not something that we do. We support each other. We cheerlead each other. We champion each other. We hear each other out. We listen to each other's ideas. We help each other make sense of our feelings and emotions and concepts. But We definitely do not coach each other and we really make that a hard and fast rule in our household. Like if I want to lose weight, Tim's like, oh, you got to go get a nutritionist. (laughs) You got to go talk to one of the coaches at the gym because we just do not have those conversations in our household. That is not our relationship. Our relationship is one that's filled with love, not with telling each other what to do. So another really conscious thought that we had to, a fine line we had to carve in the sand for that one.
1: Yeah. Steph always asks me, she's like, what do you think of this in terms of fitness, training, nutrition? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think of this? Like I just got to put it back on her because, you know, I don't want to get into that coaching situation with my fiance. Yeah. So I don't like – I don't comment on her nutrition. I don't comment on her training. I don't comment on any of that stuff. It's like literally I'm probably one of the most qualified people to do that out there. But uh, I just don't because it just blurs the lines on our relationship.
0: Yeah. Like imagine if your partner was always telling you to train and eat better and watching what you're eating. Like it's just not a nice situation to get into. So we just don't. We just don't do that. We made a really, really conscious effort never, ever to do that in our relationship. So the last question I have written down is what's your five-year goal?
1: My five-year goal. I've actually been thinking about this lately. I'll probably just go through. One together. So, yeah, I guess definitely like having the financial power to build this property that we've been talking about down south for like a quote unquote escape and Airbnb, kind of like bug out pad. I've got this like grand idea of having a bunker with uh, supplies like full prepper style.
0: Tim's a real doomsday prepper. Like He kind of keeps it under wraps. (laughs) He tries to be chill about it, but he's a bit of a doomsday prepper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the vision. Obviously, five years I'd like to have kids by then, and that would probably be like high on the agenda. Our two pups are going to be like six and five. That's going to be amazing. Hopefully still living north of the river. In terms of business stuff, I've actually been thinking about this a lot this last week, and I'm like, I'm definitely thinking of opening another gym. (laughs) And this uh, Steph, is news. just this is news to me. Steph's looking at me like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Obviously, I've still got this um, Helix Athletic <laughs> thing going on, but like, just another Helix gym would be sweet. Um, I think I've got it to a point now where it's working epically. And Steph's shaking her head while I'm saying <laughs> no! this. She's like, fuck
0: this. The reason I'm saying no is because, like, me, like, ah, <laughs> oh, so many reasons. But number one reason being, Tim is just such an exceptional coach, like a business coach. And business mind. And he, I just know there are so many people who need his help. And I just know that especially men, but women too, especially in the fitness industry, but in any industry ever, like he's just so phenomenal at it. And I just, in my heart of hearts, want him to do that. But his passion is fitness and I can't seem to drag him away from it, which is totally fine because it's his life. It is his decision. I support him in anything he does.
1: Yeah, it's funny, fitness industry is like the worst thing ever. Like it's just the hardest industry of all time. That's why Steph says this. But um, yeah, like anyone in the fitness industry knows that like staffing is impossible. Clients, you know, they don't fully understand the gravity of the fitness industry and like they don't understand what goes into it. They don't understand the coaching, they don't understand a lot of stuff about it, which makes it exceptionally hard to market and scale. Um, and then fitness is like the wild west you know like everyone thinks they know what they're doing everyone's undercutting each other everyone's just doing the wrong thing in my opinion for the client which yeah makes it really hard to grow and scale a business that's why 98 percent of personal trainers fail in their first two years you know most gyms don't outlast a couple of years in business because mm-hmm. like everyone's just undercutting each other so
0: yeah like- and it's so hard it's it's really competitive like there's well, it's like- uh eight gyms just in your like suburb yeah like literally within two to three kilometers from tim's gym like it's it's highly competitive and that's nothing there's nothing wrong with There's a lot of entries that are really highly competitive but um you know there's high overheads it's just it's a lot that goes into it but you love it
1: i love it yeah it's super good like our gym's going great we love it it's absolutely killing it Mm. um, which is fantastic but uh, and
0: i can't imagine our life without a gym
1: yeah it's uh it's incredible it's like Mm. One of the best things I've ever done was start that thing for sure. Mm. As much pain as it's caused us.
0: Mm. So five-year goal, yeah, we really want – I mean, I'm not like that keen on the doomsday bug out hole, but like (laughs) – and we're probably not going to – will be. not you see it? (laughs) We're probably not going to Airbnb that out. But what we will do is we want to – have a space like Tim and I are always, when when we're going away, like we go away quite a bit like down south. And for those of you who are not in WA, down south is like our winery region. It's called Margaret River. And we love going down there to get some clarity and get some perspective on business and to get some, just some fresh ideas and some, you know, space, I guess, to really dive into ourselves and figure out what we want next but it's so hard to find inspirational spaces down there like and if we do usually they're like multi millions worth of dollars yeah. <laughs> and you know most normal entrepreneurs who are in, in that startup phase probably can't afford those and so what we want to do is build something super edgy really cool where you can come and like you know hang out for a couple of nights and you know write your book or you know get some really big clarity maybe even host retreats down there where we can help you to find that clarity, help you to hold that space. Like Tim and I have always, 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 ever since we first met, wanted to run retreats together. Yeah. We've done them in the past, but we would love to do some business ones in the future because it's just something that we just love helping people. We love bringing people together in community and in group to be able to help them level up their skills, their mindset, their awareness level on the topic and to help them push past and believe in themselves more than they currently do. So I I imagine that will be somewhere in our future. Yes, kids are on the cards. Um, Tim's like keen and I'm pushing them uh, a little bit way down the line for now, but they will be on the cards. We're getting married in November, which is really exciting, so we can't wait for that. And, um, yeah,
1: somewhere between the 10th and the 20th, <laughs> it's the, ten, the, the date
0: 10 11 22, which is hashtags is of yeah, yeah, 10 11 22. It's so divine. I checked in with my astrologer Courtney from Seeking Wilder, shout out, and uh, she confirmed that that date was good for our synergy. So, Saturn moon, <laughs> Saturn moon. uh, so,
1: Saturn <laughs> not
0: Saturn return.
1: Steph always calls people their name and then their business name, yeah, like it's always Courtney from about. Seeking Wilder. Wilder or, yeah, or
0: Jesse from Born Too, Jesse yeah. Shout Out. Uh, uh like so so many of that. them. They're always like Maddie from Boho Social. Yeah. It's always like it's their not Maddie, first It's Maddie it's, from Boho yeah, Social. It's always like their first name, like Brown and Miss Mindset, like and their and their business, which is hilarious.
1: Tried it with my clients, it just doesn't sound the same. <laughs> like Ben from Moffett Electrical.
0: <laughs> it just doesn't work like Steph
1: from Steph's Building. in. Yeah, <laughs> just sounds so like lame. John
0: from Saddlerie. <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite work the same way. So, yeah, that's our five year goal. We we do have some really cool business wise. We've just hired an operations manager actually in the back end of my business, which is so exciting. And um, that means that I'll be able to actually free up a little bit more time to think about what's next and how we can service more people on a larger scale. So I'm really excited about that and what that looks like for the next couple of years. But that is the end of all our questions, guys. So look, a little bit of the behind the scenes of what it takes to live and work in a relationship, um, live and work
1: yeah live and live in yeah
0: <laughs> live, live and live in work yeah. and live in a relationship uh, with two entrepreneurs and i hope you found it interesting i'd love to know guys as always what your biggest takeaway was we would love for you to tag us you can tag tim tim what's your instagram handle
1: at tim.frey with two y's f-r-e-y-y
0: mm, yeah so tagged him, tag me at Gorton underscore underscore. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Let us know what you love. Let us know what you didn't love. Sign into our DMs. Tell us what you got out of today's potty episode. Thank you so much for jumping in and listening to us as always. And we'll speak to you and see you soon. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. My personal mission is to help women just like you to grow their business and give you the advice and insights you need to make your business go boom. And as part of my commitment to that mission, I have created a mini course called the Boom Your Biz mini course, and I want to offer it to you completely for free. So in this three-part mini course, you're going to learn how to identify and attract the perfect clients that you actually love to work with. You'll learn an easy and effective way to build your core offer and increase the amount of people that actually take you up on that offer and how to generate endless high quality leads absolutely free. Included in this free mini course is exclusive training. I give you templates and processes that you can follow and implement in your business right now to start seeing results straight away. The value of this mini course, guys, is 497, but I'm giving it to you completely for free. So if you're ready to level up and take action, use the link in my show notes to download this mini course. I'll see you next episode.